books was in. The books are in. Yep. They in. KofiPaisaTV.com and get Spears of the Mossy Volume 1 by Kofi Paisa Research Team from Spears the Pen Volume 2 by Kofi Paisa Research Team Spiritual Combat Volume 3 by Kofi Paisa Research Team One Night Before Bed by Any Harek Shun Kalfani Kalawash Trip to the Motherland by Kofi Paisa from cocaine to consciousness by any heret Sean Cal funny as I learned we all learn by Kofi Paisai. Also, if you want fresh merch, go to our online store, Family Connect Apparel, and get all the brands. Also, get our 54 deck of quiz and educational course available now on KofiPaisaTV.com. ETM Hotel, Brittany Sean. Welcome in peace. My name is Sean. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning into Science with Sean this evening on the Mossy Warrior Clan YouTube channel. Please like the show, share the show, tell a friend, tell a friend. Uh, we are back at it again. As you can see in the title, uh, we are projecting this one to be a long, not too long, but uh, the NOI, Intellectual Insurrection on the Black Community. All right, we're going to get into anaphylactics and a little bit more COVID news. So please like the show, share the show, tell a friend, tell a friend. I don't care if you're NOI, whatever you are, share the show. Let's see what we can get into. Uh, first, let me go ahead and start off by saying peace to everybody that's currently in the chat. Uh, we, we, got the, we got the chef in the building, Brother Chavis in the building, gifted. Uh, Kenan Wright, Gary Hart, peace to you all. Um, any listening, uh, anybody that's listening that will catch the replay, peace to you too. Um, let's go ahead and get our show going while I know a few people are coming into the actual building. Uh, you've seen some of this from the pseudo killer show that we did the other night. What up, Pure Black? What's good with you, bro? Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna go back over it real quick. We're not gonna spend a lot of time with it, but there's a couple of points that we do want to make sure that we touch on, just to add to our collection uh, of information regarding uh, the NOI and COVID nineteen. All right. So again, if you're unfamiliar with this information, I'm gonna take it from the top. This is on the NOI, the Nation of Islam's website. Okay. This is public information. It's available to all people. We ain't blocked from it. We can view it and we can critique it. Now, I've already got one thumbs down, so I appreciate whoever thumbed down the video. Salute to you. I don't know how you thumbed down the video. You ain't seen yet. 
but that's none of my business. I just appreciate your reaction. It says, warning, do not take the experimental COVID-19 vaccine. So from the beginning, um, this message comes from uh, the Honorable Elijah, I mean, uh, Louis Farrakhan on uh, July 4th of 2020. Um, I'm going to reiterate, I'm, I'm just going to go back through it again, and then we can kind of deal with it on a case-by-case -case basis, just so everybody know what's kind of going on if you missed the pseudo-killers and you didn't catch this, this rip. So it says, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan warns the black community against taking the COVID-19 vaccine with the U.S. government's treacherous history of experimentation, medication, and vaccines. This publication provides information, facts, and history to why we should not take their vaccine, along with the guidance on how to protect yourself, family, and community. Now, uh, this is for the black community, okay? This this is the Honorable uh, Minister Louis Farrakhan warning the black community, okay? Now, he says in a speech on the 4th, don't let them vaccinate you. With their history of treachery through vaccines, through, med through medications, are you listening? I say to the African presidents, do not take their medications. I say to those of us in America, we need to call a meeting of our skilled virologists, epidemiologists, students of biology and chemistry. And we need to look at not only what they give us, we need to give ourselves something better. That, that is what he said on the 4th. It's February, what's the day, the 9th? He had plenty of time to come back behind this. Have you heard anything? But he is speaking to our, our brothers and sisters on the continent and abroad and everybody in the so-called black community here in America. I'm going to skip over these first few bullet points because we all know it's a game being played right here and it's playing on the emotions of people. And I'm going to go straight down to, to really what all of this is about. So in the first full bullet point, he says, the first COVID-19, not he, the website, the NOI. So this would be the entire nation of Islam. The first COVID-19 vaccine to reach the market would be one completely unlike any other before. I agree. Developed by Pfizer and BioNTech is new mRNA technology. And then they emphasize never before approved for use in humans in the United States. The M is for messenger. This vaccine does not have the coronavirus in it. True. Instead, it instructs your body to make the COVID-19 spike protein. Also true. Once injected, you create a threat to yourself and then go to war against the threat you created. False. This is deliberate manipulation of the very core of your biological makeup. False. This vaccine has a very real potential to alter who and what we are. False. So let's deal with uh, the claims. I'm going to go ahead and go through one more and then we'll go back and we'll rehearse the three. It says the next bullet point. This is unlike other vaccines, which contain either live or inactivated parts of the disease that trigger a response to build immunity. True. So what do we know about the mRNA vaccine? La, 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 la. Mm. All right. 
mRNA represents an attractive source of antigen and vaccination approaches. Both unformulated and nanoparticle mRNA are used to direct in vivo vaccination. Nanoformulation widens the administration and deliver options of mRNA vaccines. The self-adjuvant effect of mRNA is a double-edged sword for vaccine efficacy. Rational for combining mRNA cancer vaccines with checkpoint inhibitions. This has nothing to do with what we're actually talking about today, but I have this up here for a reason. Now, what do we know about mRNA vaccines? So I want to do this live because we've done it before and we want to make sure that we get it right. mRNA, mRNA vaccines, right? We're not going to go to the CDC. We can go to nature. That's 2018. We can go down here to Harvard. That's 20, uh, 2020. We can deal with a few other articles here. But, you know, it's pretty much the pick of the litter, okay? It's pretty much the pick of the litter to, to, to actually deal with this. So we'll go to Cambridge, right? We want to deal with exactly what are mRNA vaccines. First, let's understand what RNA vaccines. This is a summary, okay? And we've done this. Unlike a normal vaccine, RNA vaccines work by introducing a messenger RNA sequence, the, mo uh, the molecule which tells cells what to build, which is coded for a disease-specific antigen once produced within the body. The antigen is recognized by the immune system, preparing it to fight the real thing. RNA vaccines are faster and cheaper to produce than traditional vaccines, and RNA-based vaccine is also safer for the patient as they are not uh, produced using infectious elements. I'm gonna read that again, infectious elements. They're not produced using infectious elements. Production of RNA vaccines is laboratory-based and the process could be standardized and scaled allow quick responses to a larger outbreaks and epidemics. This is key. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We need the, we need the production. Most current research is into RNA vaccines for infectious disease and cancer, for which there are several early stage clinical trials. This is why I showed this article here, showing you that they already been working on RNA vaccines for cancer, but they also have one for Ebola, right? That's been in use, all right? now. There's still a lot of work to be done on mRNA vaccines can become standard treatments. In the meantime, we need a better understanding of the potential side effects and more evidence for long-term efficacy. We all agree. So, what are RNA vaccines and how do they work? <clears throat> Excuse me. Conventional vaccines usually contain inactivated disease-causing organisms or proteins made by the pathogen or antigens which work by mimicking the infectious agent. They stimulate the body's immune response, so it is primed to respond more rapidly and effectively if exposed to the infectious agent in the future. We'll come back. So let's scrap this one out. Never before approved, because we have evidence that they have used RNA vaccines before 
and the research has been going on with RNA vaccines for over 30 years. If you need me to demonstrate that, I will demonstrate that uh, to, to alleviate some people who are unaware that RNA vaccines have been researched for more than 30 years, okay? Decades, okay? Now, this vaccine does not have the coronavirus in it. That is true. Instead, it strikes the COVID-19 spike. That is true. Once injected, you can, uh, let's deal with this back part. Once injected, you create a threat to yourself and then go to war against the threat you created. This is a uh, deliberate manipulation of a very core of your biological makeup. This vaccine has real potential to alter who and what we are. All right. RNA vaccines use a different approach that takes advantage of the process that cells use to make proteins. Cells use DNA as a template to make messenger RNA. Messenger RNA molecules, which are then translated to build proteins. An RNA vaccine consists of an mRNA strand that codes for a disease-specific antigen. Once the mRNA strand in the vaccine is inside the body cell, the cells use the genetic information to produce the antigen. This antigen is then displayed on the cell surface where it is recognized by the immune system. In layman terms, the messenger RNA is injected into the fatty part of your arm. Once it gets to the cell, Okay, it has to be covered in fats, sugars, right? A little salt to protect it. It gets into your cell. When it gets into the cell, it doesn't go beyond the cell. It never gets into the DNA. In a matter of four days, it's dissolvable and gone away. The messenger tells your body how to create a defense system against the spike protein, all right? Now, so we know that there's a spike protein because we've seen it under a microscope and there's images of it all over social media and Google. The messenger is telling your body, we're going to create this spike protein, a non-violent spike protein, so that when we recognize it, it won't harm us, meaning, when it when we come into contact with it we're going to lessen the severity of the threat meaning we're we're going to defend ourselves so it's not going to kill us or cause severe reaction the messenger's job is to create the spike protein so that it doesn't kill you or cause a severe reaction to COVID-19 if it's introduced to your body. Don't believe me? Let's go. Remember, we're on point two. Point two says, once injected, you create a threat to yourself and then go to war against the threat you created. This is deliberate manipulation of the very core of your biological makeup. This vaccine has a very real potential to alter who and what we are. So we're dealing with the product, the production side of the point bullet point two. 
Now it says a major advantage of RNA vaccines is that RNA can be produced in the laboratory from a DNA template using readily available materials, less expensively and faster than conventional vaccine production, which can require the use of chicken eggs or other mammalian cells. However, we have the we actually have the ingredients of the uh, Pfizer and BioNTech's vaccines and we know that there's no there's only three standard ingredients outside the messenger all right and that's used to protect uh the messenger to get where it needs to go now it says our uh, rna vaccines can be delivered using a number of methods uh needle syringe injections needle free into the skin via injection in the blood muscle lip nod or directly into organs or via a nasal spray the optimal route for vaccine delivery is not yet known the exact manufacturing delivery process of RNA vaccines can vary depending on the type. Okay, so the types of RNA vaccines you have now replicating mRNA vaccines. This is the simplest type of RNA vaccines. An mRNA strand is packaged and delivered to the body where it is taken up by the body cells to make the antigens. To the uh, vivo self-replicating mRNA, this is the uh, pathogen mRNA strand is packaged in additional RNA strands that ensure it will be copied once the vaccine is inside the cell. This means that greater quantities of the antigen are made from a smaller amount of the vaccine, helping to assure a more robust immune response. In vitro, in cell non-replicating mRNA vaccines are immune cells that can represent antigens on their cell surface to others of the immune system to help stimulate an immune response. The cells extract from the, the patient's blood, transferred with the RNA vaccine, then given back to the patient to stimulate an immune response. Our focus is primarily on the messenger RNA, right? Here's the benefits, all right? Safety, efficacy, production, period. Safety doesn't contain a dead virus or a weakened virus. Efficacy, the clinical trials have produced high efficacy rates, uh, as much as 95% on the uh, mRNA vaccine tip, Johnson & Johnson is showing 88% after 28 days, 72 uh, after 14 days. Production, uh, they're able to make the, uh, make it faster and get it out a lot quicker. Uh, the only knock on the messenger RNA vaccines is temperatures and that's, uh, you know, we gotta keep them very cold. Uh, Johnson & Johnson doesn't have that type of control temperature problem and it's a one shot versus the messenger RNAs are two shots. And right now with the uh, South Africa variant, um, they're showing great efficacy against the South African variant and AstraZeneca showing issues against the South, I mean, yeah, the South African variant, which is a problem, okay? Now, let's go, let's move forward. Uh, COVID-19 vaccine may cause death and sterilization. All right, so we have Dr. Judy Mikovich. Uh, everyone should know who she is. She is the uh, person who did the pandemic video. Uh, which would later show her retracted work, right? And um, we showed this on pseudo killers, but she was fact checked. All right, um, the controversial virus is attacking Anthony Fauci in a viral conspiracy video. Uh, 
Okay. Um, just to hit on her points, she she made some she made some points, but none of these claims uh, are true. Now, this isn't the standard fact checking site. This is coming from a scientific journal. All right, sciencemag.org. Okay, they got in on the, on the fight. They usually stay out of the fight. And news media sources and fact checking sources deal with this. But um, in short, I'm not going to go in length, but it says fact check the video. None of the claims are true. So uh, the NOI says that, you know, they deal with a bullet point one. They uh, prop her up. And then she makes the statement that when you add the mRNA vaccine, you are literally putting a blueprint into the, every cell of your body and you're making this highly pathogenic disease causing protein. You will kill people who are already compromised and you will sterilize young women who get the vaccine. That's false. She emphasized that the real coronavirus enters a limited number of number of cells. We already know that the messenger RNA does not contain the real coronavirus. So that would be false. Then she says that uh, those which have receptors for the spike protein, but the mRNA is expecting abnormally into every cell of the body. This is very, very dangerous because what the spike protein has in it is the binding protein of the retrovirus HIV. False. Okay. <laughs> False. All right. So that takes care of the NOI's contention point one. What is the COVID-19 vaccine? All right. Contention point two. Excuse me one second. I don't know why my work phone is ringing. All right. Now. Says here. The COVID-19 vaccine is experimental and not safe. Do not take it. All right. Now, if you want to add to debunking the rest of Judy's pandemic, I did leave the sources in the description of the video. I just didn't feel like wasting our time reading all of this stuff, debunking each one of her claims over and over again. So there's a host. You have four sources right there to take her out. All right. So. The COVID-19 vaccine is experimental, has not undergone sufficient testing to be proven safe and effective. In an interview, check this out, with uh, Sanjay Gupta, Dr. Uh, Dr. Corbett, you know, the sister who created the Moderna vaccine, Lisa Coronavirus Vaccine Research National Institute of Health. Uh, what can I say is emergency use authorization is still experimental. Uh, it's still an experimental phase. These uh, emergency use authorizations are simply asking the FDA with what we have right now. Can this product be used in the most vulnerable of populations while we continue to gather data that would allow us to license it for everyone? OK, it continues to say in this interview, uh, Gupta states, I want to ask a little bit. Now, they're taking sound bites, but ask a little bit and I will tell you that I've been uh, channeling you. Well. Yeah, channeling you when trying to describe how this vaccine works because this is a big question. And I think a very reasonable question because we are taking, uh, we're talking about sort of a first here for humans outside of clinical trial. Gupta continues, uh, it is very interesting. I think people are sort of noticed that the context is not there. Uh, going back in the 1700s, when you think about smallpox vaccine, that if you give the body a little of 
the virus or you give it some deadened virus, a weakened virus that you can hopefully achieve the same sort of immune response without making somebody sick. In this case, it sounds like you are turning the body into a vaccine making machine for both. It's generating in the case of a portion of the virus, the antigen, and then it's generating an uh, antibody response. So let's go get the proper context of the conversation that uh, Dr. Gupta and Dr. Corbett had uh, in the interview. All right, now remember, this sister's 34 year old. She's 34, immunologist. Let's go. This briefing is brought to you by Hello Tushy. My love for science and solving problems came from childhood. I was the student who would not leave a math problem unsolved. I won regional science fairs all the way from elementary school and Essentially, I like to think of it as like my purpose in life. That's Kizmikia Corbett. She likes to go by Kizzy. She's the lead scientist for coronavirus vaccine research at the National Institutes of Health. It became clear to me that for every single thing that I've read in a textbook about science, someone had to discover that. And I wanted to be one of those people that for a line in a textbook, which hopefully mRNA 1273 will be at some point, there's someone who discovered that thing and helps to drive that theory forward. And so it's, it's just a love of discovery. Corbett is only 34 years old, but already her unstoppable curiosity has led her to some pretty significant scientific discoveries. She is the top scientist behind Moderna's new mRNA vaccine, which was submitted to the FDA last week and is expected to receive emergency use authorization as soon as next week. On today's podcast, I talked to Corbett about her life, her research, and the exciting potential of this new vaccine. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. My next guest is the lead researcher into trying to develop a coronavirus vaccine at the National Institute of Health. Joining me now is Kizmikia Corbett. Back with us also is Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who uh, I, I know is going to be asking you questions as well, doctor. Anderson Cooper and I spoke to Corbett back in April. That's when the pandemic was still relatively new in the United States, and a vaccine seemed like a far-off dream. I, I know, I'm sure you get this question from anybody you meet who finds out what you do. Any idea when a vaccine assuming that this vaccine works, when it might be available for, for use? Yeah, so, you know, we are targeting fall for the emergency use. Um, so that would be, you know, for healthcare workers and people who might be in constant contact um, and, and, and risk of being exposed over and over. And then for the general population, our target goal is for um, next spring. And that is, if all things go well, and if these phase one, phase two, and phase three clinical trials work simultaneously for the good, our plan is to have people vaccinated all over the world by next spring. I got to tell you, back in April, I was surprised by her confidence that we'd get a coronavirus vaccine this year. Keep in mind, it typically takes years to develop a vaccine. So I was curious why Corbett was so confident. Well, you know, there was a lot of faith 
in those initial statements, but then also a lot of science. The HIV field, for example, has made a vast amount of developments over the last 40 years without there being a vaccine. And the work that the HIV field has done has in some part actually benefited the work that we've done in coronaviruses. And so we understood the surface molecule, the spike of a coronavirus in so much intricate detail. And we had such a good understanding of how to deliver that spike protein via mRNA that um, we were fairly confident that we would be very quick to getting to a phase one, which we did. But then from there, that we would be able to, in a very consorted, multi-institutional way, whether it be from the side of the companies, for example, with Moderna, us at the National Institutes of Health, FDA, et cetera, work together to fuel this vaccine development trajectory really out of necessity and also science. I want to ask a little bit, and I will tell you that I've been channeling you when trying to describe how this vaccine works, because that is a that is a a big question, and and I think a very very reasonable question because we're talking about sort of a first here for humans outside of a clinical trial. mRNA vaccine, messenger RNA vaccine, involves uh, genetic material. Can you just simply describe how a vaccine like this works? Yeah, so I like to use the analogy of a telephone, essentially. So imagine your cell being a telephone and imagine the vaccine being a voice. And the mRNA is telling your cell to make a protein from the coronavirus, only the protein, the spike protein. It's like calling up the cell and saying like, hello, cell, can you please make this protein? And so that the cell can make the spike protein and the body can make an immune response to it. And so that's how I try to describe it. It's very interesting. I think people sort of generally know, like, you know, going back to the late 1700s, when you think about smallpox vaccine, that if you give the body uh, a little bit of the virus or you give some deadened virus or weakened virus, that you can hopefully achieve the same sort of immune response without making somebody sick. In this case, it sounds like you're turning the body into a vaccine-making machine for both. It's, it's generating, in this case, a portion of the virus, the antigen, and then it's generating an antibody response to that. When, when people hear mRNA and they hear that this is a vaccine that involves genetic material, and that's immediately going to, going to frighten some people. How do you reassure people? So what I try to do is I just try to explain to people that just by way of the way that these mRNAs are designed and the way that the cell, cells are designed to even work with mRNA in general, that the message doesn't stay in your body forever. The message does not get integrated into your human DNA. And so... While the immune response that you get is hopefully long-lasting, the initial effects... All right, so hold on, because somebody asked me for the link. But this was also phase one question. Okay. Um, bullet point two. She answered it, answers it herself. 
she's going through bullet point two right now. And she's even getting into the manipulation of your biological makeup. She's dealing with this bullet point again. Doesn't say people. People hear mRNA and they hear that this is a vaccine that involves genetic material. And that's immediately going to, going to frighten some people. How do you reassure people? So what I try to do is I just try to explain to people that just by way of the way that these mRNAs are designed and the way that the cell cells are designed to even work with mRNA in general, that the message doesn't stay in your body forever. The message does not get integrated into your human DNA. And so while the immune response that you get is hopefully long lasting, the initial effects of what's being expressed by this mRNA in your body is very short-lived. So we're not, you know, making you into superhuman machine or anything like that, but only simply for a very short period of time, telling the cells to please help me build an immune response against this virus. When you... Again, she answers bullet point two. Even after I did, she still did it. Once injected, you create a threat to yourself. Go towards yourself, right? This is deliberate manipulation of the very core of your biological makeup. She did. She dismissed all of that in that in that thirty-second or one-minute response. Okay. So I just wanted to bring that back to everybody's attention and then move on. Look at these two front runner vaccines. Um, again, uh, Pfizer and Moderna, both mRNA vaccines. Let's say, you know, it, it comes my turn to get this. When that decision time comes, should I take one over the other? No, you should not. Is there a difference? There is no real difference between the two vaccines. Um, the vaccine schedule might be slightly different, but largely the protein that is being expressed uh, in the platform that is being used, which is messenger RNA, is the same. I mean, the efficacy results are, they are head and head and, and compare and are similar. And so, you know, I get a lot of people who say to me, oh, my God, like, I want to take Moderna's vaccine. I'm only going to take Moderna's vaccine. Um, and I truly appreciate the support. But <laughs> that, 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 that's a compliment to you. But if the FDA deems a vaccine safe and allows for licensure of a vaccine in the United States, you should be taking it if you have the opportunity to take it when it's your turn whether it be Pfizer or Moderna or um, several other companies who may even likely have uh, vaccines to deliver by next spring or the end of next year. I want people to really, really understand that from where you sit in a pandemic where this virus is running rampant and one person is dying every single minute in this country, you should not be vetting vaccines on the level of should I take this one versus should I take that one? You should allow the FDA to do that. Obviously, in full discernment, you should totally be aware of the data, et cetera. But you should allow the FDA to do that. And you should say, if the FDA said that this is safe and 
they've reviewed this vaccine and with stringent measures, because all of them are reviewed by the same stringent measures, that I would take it. You you know where some of this this distrust is coming from. I mean, absolutely. And look, this is the same FDA that did emergency use authorize hydroxychloroquine, and there wasn't really good data to support that. And and some have argued that that was a actually a bad decision because people may have been harmed by giving using this medication when they were particularly ill with COVID nineteen. So that's where some of the distrust is coming from. How I mean, is that is that unreasonable? Yeah, I, I think n- distrust is never unreasonable. I, I think that it is on the onus of the institutions to be trustworthy. So I, I don't think that distrust is ever unreasonable. Um, when you are a citizen and you are concerned about your health, for sure. What I can say is that emergency use authorization is still experimental. It's still an experimental phase. These emergency use authorizations are simply asking the FDA, with what we have right now, can this product be used in the most vulnerable of populations while we continue to gather data that would allow us to license it for everyone? You look at the polling data right now in terms of people's willingness to get a vaccine, what would you say to those skeptics, those anti-vaxxers, or at least vaccine-hesitant people? And what about the skeptics within the Black community specifically? It is most certainly an issue. And I, I wake up oftentimes on social media to you know people who are vaccine-hesitant with lots of questions and concerns. And um, I think that what I would say to people who are vaccine-hesitant is that You've earned the right to ask the questions that you have around these vaccines and this vaccine development process. And this overarching mistrust of the medical institution in general is something that is being highlighted now because of the dire circumstances of which we're in. But it is not news to me because I'm Black and I you know, I have a black family and I am well read on the history of injustice when it comes to medicine in the black community. And so one of the things that I've had to step out of this and say is that we're not going to be able to prove trustworthiness in this instance quickly. And that is okay. But what we do need to do is decide that we're going to take steps and even beyond this pandemic, move in the direction to be more trustworthy. And the reason why I say we, and the reason why I say trustworthy, instead of using the terminology they or distrust is because the first step is that as scientists and physicians and vaccine developers and et cetera, is to understand that the onus of this problem is not on them and their distrust. It is on us and our level of trustworthiness. And so trust, especially when it has been stripped from people, has to be rebuilt in a brick by brick fashion. And so what I say to people, firstly, is that I empathize. And then secondly, 
is that I'm going to do my part in laying those bricks. And I think that if everyone on our side um, as physicians and scientists went about it that way, then the trust would start to be rebuilt. That's it. All right. I'm going to stop her right there and I'm going to back her up a little bit about this whole three point here or where they just go into nonsense that we read just a second ago, especially with what she was saying regarding the the FDA's EAU. All right. That's uh, the nation, right? Go ahead. That's who? That's the Nation Islam uh, website you was on, right? Yeah. Just a point right here. So, all right. You want to make a point first and let me go in? Yeah. All right. So, um, right here, this is the emergency use for vaccines to prevent COVID 19 guidance form. It's also in the description. It's a PDF, 18 pages. And it specifically speaks to uh, the EAU process. And uh, this is currently an outbreak of respiratory disease caused by novel coronavirus. Uh, this, vi this virus has been named SARS-CoV-2. And the disease it causes has been named Coronavirus Disease 2019 or COVID-19. On the 31st of January uh, 2020, Secretary of uh, HHS issued a declaration of public health emergency related to COVID-19 and mobilized an operating division of HHS. I want to repeat, on January 31st, not March 15th, because you'll see March 15th show back up with the Nation of Islam. January 31st. Now, the president says something. Look, and it says it. Here it goes again. In addition... On March 13th, I said 15th, but it's 13th. That's my brother's birthday. The president declared a national emergency in response to COVID-19. January, they declared. President speaks, um, you know, uh, basically two months later, right? Now, the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic presents an extraordinary challenge to the global health. There are currently no FDA licensed vaccine to pre prevent COVID-19. Commercial vaccine manufacturers and other entities are developing COVID-19 vaccine candidates using different technologies, including RNA, DNA, protein, and viral vector vaccines, which is all true. This guidance describes FDA current recommendations regarding the data and information needed to support the, uh, the assurance of the use of the uh, EUA or emergency use authorization under Section 564 of the FDNC Act. All right. Now, for an investigational vaccine to prevent COVID-19, including chemistry, manufacturing and control information, CMC, non-clinical data and information and clinical data and information, as well as administrative and regulatory information. In addition, the guidance provides recommendations regarding key information and data that should be submitted to a relevant investigational new drug application or cross-referenced master file prior to submission of an EAU. So basically what I just read to you was the steps that were needed in order to file for a EAU request in order to facilitate an FDA's complete and timely review of such a submission, including convening the vaccines of related biological products advisory committee. These, uh, this guideline this guidance also discusses FDA's current thinking regarding the circumstances under which the uh, issuance of an EAU for COVID-19 vaccine would be appropriate, providing additional context 
to the discussion regarding EAUs in the guidance for industry entitled development and licensure of vaccine to prevent COVID-19. That in itself is telling you, we are currently what she said and what translates to get to the EAU is the process that it took all year long to make the end of the year happen. So it started in animals. It started in mice. They used some primates. Um, they saw some results. So they selected a small amount of human beings. Uh, the human beings weren't taken to it. They made some adjustments to the mRNA vaccine, went back in it again, and then it allowed them to run concurrent trials with animals and humans simultaneously, which allowed them to get to the development phases to move from phase one to phase two, which happened during the middle of the summer, to phase three, which we ended the results at the end of the year uh, when, when we started to get these companies, Moderna and Pfizer, filing for their emergency use authorization form at the end of the year based on critical data of, uh, you know, of these phase three trials. So here we are. And then you have the Nation of Islam coming out with their misinterpretations of an interview and then trying to mislead you and then go from there. They're trying to make the argument that, you know, this is not tested initially. These things are new, which is true. And, you know, this is an experiment, which the experiment began in January when they began to clone the mice and then they went from mice to primates. Right. All in the process of a few months before the president said what he said in March, they were already on the ball when March came out and he said what he had to say. But I'm going to stop on the first three bullet points because the next ones we need to get to some additional information. And I'm going to let Aunt go because he want to he want to build on his information. Go ahead. Aunt. Well, uh, thank you for uh, having me on uh, Science with Sean. Y'all appreciate that, man. That's, no problem. It's one of the best shows, man, for the black community. And I often make the statement, I made it on Facebook. It's not the scientist's responsibility to teach you about the mRNA vaccine. It's your community's responsibility. And so I'm glad, you know what I'm saying, that you've taken up the responsibility. Um, and I'm here to support you in that endeavor. So when I was listening, how do you say to pronounce the sister's name? What's her name? Amika Corbett. Miss Corbett. So Miss <clears throat> Corbett is actually looking at it from the standard European model, the way she sees it. Uh, we had the virologist on the show and she said the same thing, like they took responsibility, which they should for uh, mishandling of situations in the past. Okay, and she also said, well, I just have to be honest with it and keep it moving forward. But we know <laughs> based off of the website that you're on, who's really responsible for this anti-vax behavior. They've been doing it for the last, so oh, uh, what, 90 years, 80 years or so? Yeah, mm -hmm. they've been anti-vax from the beginning. Now, uh, unbeknowing to everybody, uh, we now realize that they're the largest black organization that promotes anti-vaccine rhetoric. And it's tied into their doctrine. So people will make the mistake and say, well, you're attacking for their religion. Nope, y'all playing a game. 
we are attacking them for allowing their religion to get in the way of science. And when you allow your religion and your doctrine to cancel out science and cause anti-intellectualism and anti-science behavior and anti-vax jargon in the middle of a pandemic, you got to get dealt with. So we know that 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 dealing with the black community, our issues are different with religion. Our issues are even, you, you know the saying, right? A cold for white people is the flu for black people. I'm gonna say it again, a cold for white people is the flu for black people. So being as though we're only 53 million in America, and if you got about 6% of people black don't wanna take a vaccine, you're in a full blown problem. Whereas though if a certain percentage of the white community don't take it, they got about 200 something million, they, they don't, they all right. But us, our situation is different. So people, if people wasn't worried about what white people did in the Tuskegee, how you say Tuskegee? Am I saying it right? Tuskegee. Tuskegee. They wasn't worried about that until the pandemic came about. And then why did they start worrying about that? Nobody was caring about that because the Nation of Islam partnered with the largest white anti-vax community, which we debated in December of last year, right? 2019, right? They partnered with them. As, as a matter of fact, the question is, who brought the anti-vax community into the black community? Like, how do we start getting this? Remember, everything was black power all day, every day, based off of the marches, based off of uh, us seeing police shootings, based off of us galvanizing our community around blackness. You know, like, Black Lives Matter, right? So at this juncture, nobody was willing to even listen to white people, nor did we trust white people at that point. We had everybody on one accord. We don't trust them. So when did we get comfortable with accepting a all-white movement? It was the Nation of Islam that only cared about building a Nation of Islam that actually brought these people in our community. They did the same with Scientology. Well, nobody can't think about no damn Scientology, bro. We wasn't caring about Scientology. We would do all kinds of different religion, but we definitely wasn't doing Scientology. That's like, that was the rich man's religion, Scientology, bro, where you, where all the actors and stars spend all those millions to play this little game called Dianetics. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. So they got us again. They did it to us again. They introduced Dianetics into our community like that, the poor man version, right? Where the price is a little bit cheaper. Like we went through all that, you know what I'm saying, on the Amaral Squad blog talk days, showing y'all all how it went down. Now they did it again. So that sister, she's not aware. She's been trained in academia and science, and she's looking at it from how the side of what, how Europeans look at it, right? They say, well, it's, well you, we did do these things in the past. We want to change it, but we know that we wasn't even caring about a damn vaccine prior to the Nation of Islam, you know what I'm saying, which is one of the most trusted black organizations in our community. And I say this because Lewis can bring close to a million people to Washington, D.C. anytime they want to rub the goddamn engines. Who could do that? I can't do it. Who could do it? Who could do that? What leader in the black community could do that? Huh. Lewis could do that. So they're like amongst the most trusted. They've been around a long time. 
And since we don't necessarily understand the whole uh, cult thing and, and just the whole how they manipulated our feelings and the way they did all this, ain't nobody looking like that. And you can tell by the arguments against us, Sean. They swear y'all aren't against these people. They did this, did this, did that. Wait a minute, man. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about what did they really do? I can tell you what they really did. They bought the largest white and they made it comfortable for us to listen to straight up European information on the subject. So I just want to kind of put that out there, dog. I don't want to mess up the show, but they check off all the boxes. Cult, anti-science, anti-intellectualism, very, very deceptive, and are willing to take advantage of us in the middle of a pandemic. There is no way not to talk about the nation of Islam. There is no way out of this. There is no way for me to, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, say nothing because, you know, I don't want to attack nobody's God because, you know, like, there is no, no way for me not to say nothing. It is just impossible. Everywhere I look, I am surrounded by the nation of Islam. Their footprint is all over this, bro. I just want to say that, Sean. <laughs> all right so uh that was i feel you on that all the way they continue their nonsense with uh, a couple more bullet points they said this vaccine has had the least amount of testing done than any other vaccine before to the public see um it's normal it normally now here you go it normally takes 50 out to 15 years to develop a vaccine because years are needed to realize the long-term effects. That's not the reason that it took such a long time to create those vaccines. Efficacy in the population was it. They don't just inject people and then stop studying the vaccines. They continue the process of learning uh, if there's different type of behaviors because viruses mutate and adapt. So different strands make themselves accountable and present. And vaccines need to be, as Ankh says, evolutionary minded in order to defend itself. Um, and then it says the COVID-19 vaccine is uh, completely experimental. <laughs> um, worse, it comes after 20 years of 100% failure in an effort to create a coronavirus vaccine. I don't know where they got this at, but it behooves me. This is a quote. Who are they quoting? And then it says the World Health Organization officially declared COVID-19 a pandemic in March 2020. And in the same year, the vaccine was released to the public. All right. And then here is the mRNA 1273, which is the Moderna vaccine outline. So they put the sister stuff up here. And this outline is supposed to talk to you about, well, explain the uh, exploratory stages, phase one, phase two. Yeah. Three regulatory review manufacturing. They we, they use her name on and on their website. No, no, yeah, that her name right here. They say her name in the first bullet point in an interview. I, I like that. Go ahead. Because I came a little late. Read that point again. Yeah. So this is they give this. This is a chart. It says, right? They're trying to show the process of vaccine trials and how they work without proper understanding because they don't use an actual scientific journal to actually go there so so that's not that's so 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 they take so that's not intentional bro uh this is very intentional okay i just wanted to make sure 
they can't be that. Are they? Are they that stupid? Uh, possibly. You twist Avrouz's words. Yeah, they did it in this first point right here. They were trying to make light of that. She's. They tried to bullet point her, like take out like little clips where she says something about emergency use and FDA and so forth. Right. Take the clip, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and I got the. It's we're right here. So. So here, here's the thing with what they're trying to do. And this is why I come here to the Harvard Health Publishing or the Harvard Medical School. And it says why mRNA vaccines are so exciting. Um, and this was published in 2020 of December. So this was last year, the end of the year, right? It says the very first vaccines for COVID-19 to complete phase three testings are in an entirely new type. Right? mRNA vaccines never before have mRNA vaccines such as the two dose Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines have had now received emergency use uh, authorization from the FDA, been approved uh, for use in any disease. How do they differ from traditional vaccines and what makes them so exciting? So he's excited and he actually talks about this, right? He says the main goal of the vaccine for a particular infection agent, such as the virus that causes COVID-19, is to teach the immune system what the virus looks like. Once educated, the immune system will vigorously attack the actual virus if it ever enters the body. Viruses contain, which is what a vaccine does right now. When you get a vaccine, any of the other vaccines, when your body is introduced to the infectious agent, it goes to war with the infectious agent. So it can't rec replicate or spread or cause severe or life-threatening problems. The mRNA vaccine does the same dang on thing. He just told you, once, once your body is educated, the immune system will vigorously attack the actual virus if it's ever enters the body. Viruses contain a core of genes made of DNA or RNA wrapped in a coating of proteins. To make the code of proteins, the DNA or RNA genes of the virus make messenger RNA. The mRNA then makes the proteins. An mRNA of a specific structure makes a protein of a specific structure. Some traditional vaccines use weakened viruses, while others use just the critical piece of the virus protein coat. In the case of COVID-19, a piece called the spike protein is in the critical piece. Traditional vaccines work. Polio and measles are just two examples of serious illnesses brought under control by vaccines. Collectively, vaccines may have done more good for humanity than any other medical advancement in history. But growing large amounts of a virus and then weakening the virus or extracting the critical piece takes a lot of time. That's why you had vaccines take such a long time to be created because they had to weaken or kill the virus. After they have weakened or killed the virus, they had to replicate the weakened or dead strand. And then you had to continue to do that over and over and over until you had enough of that to make a vaccine out of it to go in someone's arm. It, it took it too much time. He's telling you, he's openly admitting that the, the vaccines, they work so well, it took them way too much time.
And then he says, the early steps toward the mRNA. Look what he says in the first line. And he deals with the NOI off the rip. About 30 years ago, a handful of scientists began exploring whether vaccines could be made more simply. What if you knew that exact structure of the mRNA that made the critical piece of the virus protein coat, such as the spike protein of the COVID-19 virus? It is relatively easy to make the mRNA in the laboratory in large amounts. What if you injected the mRNA into someone and the mRNA then traveled through the bloodstream to, to be gobbled up by the immune system cells and then those cells started to make the spike protein? Would that educate the immune system? Overcoming obstacles in creating mRNA vaccines. While the concept seems simple, it required decades of work for mRNA vaccines to overcome a serious a series of hurdles. Decades. So they've been working on it for decades. First, scientists learned how to modify mRNA so that it did not produce violent immune system reactions. Second, they learned how to encourage uh, immune system cells to gobble up the mRNA as it passed by in the blood. Third, learn how to coax, uh, coax those cells to make large amounts of the critical piece of the protein. Finally, they learned how to enclose the mRNA inside microscopically small capsules to protect it from being destroyed by chemicals in our blood. Along the way, they also learned that compared to traditional vaccines, mRNA vaccines can actually generate a stronger type of immunity. They stimulate the immune system to make antibodies and immune system killer cells a double strike at the virus. Then along came COVID-19. So 30 years of painstaking research allowed several group of scientists, including a group of Pfizer, working with a German company, BioNTech, and a young company in Massachusetts called Moderna to bring mRNA technology to the threshold of actually working. 30 years of painstaking research finally got its opportunity to actually fight a pandemic. Run that back again, please, Sean. So 30 years of painstaking research allowed several groups of scientists, including a group at Pfizer working with German company BioNTech and a young company in uh, Massachusetts called Moderna to bring mRNA vaccine technology to the threshold of actually working. The companies had built platforms that theoretically could be used to create a vaccine for any infectious disease simply by inserting the right mRNA sequence for that disease, meaning that a process that took 30 years finally got its opportunity to fight in the middle of a pandemic and prove its worth through research that took 30 years. Then along came COVID-19. Within weeks of identifying a responsible virus, scientists in China had determined the structure of all its genes, including the genes that make the spike protein and publish this information on the internet. And within minutes, scientists 10,000 miles away began working on the design of the mRNA vaccine. Within weeks, they had made enough vaccine to test it in animals and then in people. 
Just 11 months after discovery of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, regulators in the United Kingdom and the U.S. confirmed that an mRNA vaccine for COVID-19 is effective and safely tolerated, paving the path to widespread immunization. Previously, no new vaccine had been developed in less than four years. On a website, they talk about vaccines being made. It normally takes five to 15 years. <laughs> right here previously it said four years and then it got down to two uh -huh. no scientific breakthrough stands alone okay so we already know look look here go the dagger already mrna vaccines are being tested for other infectious agents such as ebola we already know about the mrna vaccine for ebola Zika virus and uh, and the flu. Cancer cells make proteins that also can be targeted by mRNA. So they, they deal yeah, with cancer, mRNA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a cancer, right? Yes, sir, cancer. And mRNA technology could produce protein missing in certain diseases like uh, cystic fibrosis. Uh -huh. Like every breakthrough, the science behind the mRNA vaccine builds on many, many previous breakthroughs. What was those breakthroughs? They had to understand the structure of DNA and mRNA and how they work to produce a protein uh -huh. and then technology to determine the genetic sequence of a virus uh -huh. and then technology to build of mRNA that would make a particular protein, overcoming all the obstacles that could keep mRNA injected into the muscle because that was key of a person's arm from finding its way to the immune system cells deep within the body and co uh, coaxing the, those cells to make the critical protein and information technology to transmit knowledge around the world at light speed. So it took breakthroughs that previously had happened, which gave this the opportunity after 30 years of research. We are benefiting from 30 years of research. And we just walked down how the process went. I said, they started in animals. I said, from animals, they went into humans. They began running trials concurrently. You're in phase one trials. Phase one trials, they liked the data. What data they didn't like, they sent it back, they made some adjustments, tweaked it, and then they said, okay, I like this data. Move to phase two. They moved to phase two. They did all of this transparently. And then we got to at the end of the year, phase three trials came, they came out of phase three, uh, three trials with 94, 95% efficacy. And here we are today, vaccinating millions, over 30, over 40, 42 million people vaccinated right here in the United States. They doing 1.3, 1.4 million a day. This was another claim that they actually make on their website. We're going to get into that, but you guys are going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's on purpose, y'all. I don't care how much y'all love the nation of Islam. They're purposely diving in the middle of technology that they don't understand. What, what other reason could it be besides them being a cult? You got people with a doctor's degree over there. Wesley has a doctorate, yo. He knows how to research, bro. 
this this the the sister clearly said let, let me translate what the sister said she wanted to say don't take the damn vaccine because i was a lead a black person was a lead researcher on it she see she 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 wanted to say it that way but she can't say that so she she did the politically correct thing you should be looking at the data and how the vaccine actually works instead of taking the moderna because i was on the lead research team okay so it's clear bro like there is no way you're going to tell me that these people can't read what you just read there is no way there is no way man there is no way possible that's bananas it's it's very very simple like 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 the technology is not new the coming together of uh of the the nano the nano uh particles or, or or the lipid nanoparticles coming with vaccines that's the new idea but you got two old ideas brought together understanding of coronavirus like you said right and mm -hmm. and understand the delivery system and then the, the delivery system actually makes the vaccine safer because it takes it right to the place where it needs right in the cell with the daggone uh the the the, 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 the fake message that, that makes the body start producing the, the fucking spike it, it produces the thing and makes the body get it, it it thinks it's being attacked by that you know what i mean by that particular protein and it builds antibodies like dude we ain't went to no damn college yo well let we come on man we just read and understand wait a minute yo in uh 1998 they had it uh they, they got a it was actually fda approved approved in in england and then in uh 1999 it was approved for cancer drugs that using the nano nanotechnology dude that don't i mean like you can't sit up and just lie like that man come on dog i'm glad you're real calm with this because that shit gets me real upset that people just can't see that they sound like these idiots on facebook and you know why the idiots on facebook sound like that because they're using these websites like this dog it's right then they use they, the, the sister need to realize that somebody is using your work misinterpreting and she need to come out and make a statement about that bro that is the only way sean maybe i need to write a letter to her and say dr such and such do you know the nation of islam on your name, put she it on there what you say she active on instagram yeah i got a hit on that sis do you know they actually put the miss you this is what they doing with your research dude that's not right to make it sick they tried to make it seem like the virus, the virus was, I mean, virologist was the anti-vaxxer, bro. They did that? Yo, so tell me how much do they really care about black women? Oh, man, I'm going in. Yeah, I ain't going to, oh, I got them. See how much they care about the sisterhood, yo. Hey, buddy, they, they want to play that? That's horrible, bro. Just go ahead and be anti-vax. Leave the scientists who've been winning science science awards since he was 13 for leave her alone please bad enough you don't let the women speak in the nation of islam so why are you going to take her voice and change it yeah right, yo yeah rob i'm crazy so um 
real quick. It says, he says, strange bedfellows, a relationship between pharmaceutical and biotech companies. So here we have pharmaceutical companies manufacture medicine and develop vaccines, whereas biotech companies manipulate living organisms of their components through processes like genetic engineering. Pfizer, a pharmaceutical company, has partnered with a biotech company based in Germany to produce COVID-19 vaccines, while Moderna, a biotech company, has never developed any approved vaccines they are now producing. So let's take a look and see if that is true. Moderna, founded 2010. CEO, Stephen Bissell, Therapeutic Cares, Infectious Disease, Immunology, Oncology, Rare Diseases, Cardiovascular Disease, Autoimmune Disease. All right, they got a uh, thousand plus team members. Uh, they got all this other stuff going on. Of course, they got plenty of cash capital and they partner with a lot of companies here. Uh, 23 development candidates, 12 in clinical trial. Here's their pipeline. All right, so our development pipeline illustrates the progress we're making on Moderna's clinical progress uh, programs currently in development to create mRNA vaccine medications for a wide range of disease and conditions. We are proud of the advancements we've made in pioneering new vaccines and therapeutics that may have the potential to treat rare diseases like uh, uh, what is that? Malonic uh, acetaminia or MMA and propionic uh, acetaminia PA and prevent disease such as cytomegalovirus, CMV, Zika, and cancer. View the progress of our mRNA vaccine clinical trial below. So they give you the clinical trials of everything that they got going on. So it just ain't COVID-19. They're working on a multitude of things that they have in their pipeline and that are ready for commercial use. As you can see, the mRNA-1273 is on its way to commercial use. Like I said, the closer we get to March and April, we are going to see them file for regulatory use. They will get it. The efficacy in Moderna is hella high, all right? Plus, you haven't seen anybody uh, claiming to have died from the Moderna vaccine, by the way. All right, so the history of Pfizer, right? They say they partnered with some people. This is all on their website, right? I'm not doing nothing that anyone else could do, but it's just a simple history to show you their progress over the time dealing with trying to resolve issues of the world themselves and they talk about their little prominent people and their progress along the way right and the closer we get to all these other areas you know you see um they introduced this uh ampicillin therefore uh, injectable antibiotic you know they talk they make pills right they're doing that they're just do they're working their way through all the way look 1944, that's penicillin up there. That's Pfizer. Huh? That's penicillin. So they've been doing the work this whole entire time. And you can just go through and see that progress. The Nation of Islam challenges that progress in both of those companies. Why? I don't know what they're trying to spin here, but it's just illegitimate. 
Then they come down to uh, Anthony Fauci on the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease mentioned a surprise pandemic would occur during the up and coming Trump administration. Notice how they put the quote, surprise. And then they bullet pointed Fauci has served six years US President Ronald Reagan, George Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, and now Trump. Uh, on January in 2017, he says, you know, during inauguration while speaking, that pandemic per uh, preparedness in the next administration. If there is one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious disease, both chronic infectious disease and the sense of already ongoing disease. And we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. All right. So that's the claim. All right. So let's go here. Dr. Fauci warned in 2017 of a surprise outbreak during the Trump administration. There is no question that there will be a challenge in the coming administration in the area of infectious indeed, he says. All right. So uh, Dr. Fauci goes on and says everything that we actually says right here. January 20th, 2017, Fauci, who has uh, overseen the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease since 84, warned that lumen health challenges would involve both chronic disease, ones already ongoing, as well as surprise outbreak. No matter what, history has told us definitively that outbreaks will happen. He said, it is a uh, perpetual challenge. It is not going to go away. The thing we're extraordinarily confident about is that we are going to see this in the next few years. Fauci ticked off at his least measures needed to prepare for such a crisis, including creating and strengthening global health surveillance systems, as well as public health and health care infrastructure, practicing transparency and honest communication with public coordinating and collaborating on both basic and clinical research and developing universal platform technologies to better facilitate the development of vaccines. The mistake that so many people have made is a failure to look beyond our own borders in the issue of the global, uh, globality of health issues. Now, not only things that are there that will come here, but surprise that we'll have, he said in a uh, recent remark. Despite Fauci's early warning and calls for action, a report on Sunday analyzing Trump administration response to the coronavirus pandemic found the federal agencies waited until the middle of the last month or order the vital medical supplies and equipment to fight coronavirus. Despite warnings about the pandemic potential being made in January as the virus is spread across the country, reports persist of mass shortage of supplies in hospitals and medical centers. We basically wasted two months. Uh, Kathleen Sebelius, who served as the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary during the Obama administration, told the Associated Press in the government response. All right. Now, Fauci also expressed uh, his aspiration over the efforts to stem the tide of COVID-19 disease. Really, it was just a frustrating moment because he knew that Trump would ignore science. All the predecessors before Trump were pro-science. So the fact check is in. Um, this will solve the NOI all the way. Now. Did Fauci warn in 2017 that the Trump administration would face a surprising infectious disease outbreak? It's true. He warned it. He said it because he knew that Trump wouldn't handle things appropriately. 
They even cut the funding on research. That was one of the things that Trump took back when he came into office is because he declined to, re to continue research that had lasted through the Obama administration about infectious disease. But they can try to spend this for whatever they want to spend it for. They don't really give it clarity on the website. All right. Now, I think I stopped right here because people have already beat this COVID-19 and the USD population stuff up. But I did want to add to, uh, did I want to throw this in the mix? Oh, yeah, I wanted to throw this in the mix just to kind of bag up. Here she go again. Kismikia, right here, Corbett, right? The doctor, the immunologist. Um, this is part of their works when they were dealing with what they needed to deal with early. Um, this was published in, in July. However, this was, um, they, you know, them testing the mRNA vaccine against the SARS-CoV-2 in non-human primates. And this is the actual study, which is also there. So I'm not gonna beat a dead horse on that. But this gives you everything that you need to know that go to conclusion. Vaccination of non-human primates with mRNA-1273 induced robust SARS-CoV-2. Neutralizing activity, rapid protection in the upper and lower airways, and no pathologic changes in the lung. So they were doing their research there and concluding studies there. Also, um, the NOI did touch on this one. Uh, in the next bullet point, they said you have no legal rights if you suffer injury or death from the vaccine. Oh, man. Yeah. So you still on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, is this the group that really loves black people, dog? Yeah. Is that is that their website that, 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 that really love black people and care about them? Can't yeah. Really? Uh -huh. Wow. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry to interrupt you, y'all. Just making sure that was the guys that love us the most. Just checking. Yeah, so uh, Nunu, I'll answer your question in just a second. But, um, you know, this is what they talk about. You know, they try to say the government's not liable. And then they say the blanket protection under the PREP Act went into effect February 4th before most of the public was even aware of COVID-19. So you have, um, you know, CICP program right here, right? Okay. They had all of this going on, and I think they made a mistake here on their website. Uh, the blanket protection under the PREP Act went into effect February 4th, before most of the public was even aware of a COVID-19. This is not true, because you had people already talking about it uh, pre-February 4th, because everybody knew at the end of December that China was in the midst of a pandemic or, you know, they was dealing with a virus that, you know what I'm saying? That was an issue. We knew, the world knew before February 4th. And then they bring out this other bullet point and say that when they declare, see, they bring the declare a pandemic on March 11th. See what I'm saying? That's the disingenuous right here in these two months, in this statement right here, what they're they trying to play on, trying to say, man, how you going to have something ready? That's why you can't sue. However, we all know that we have this. And these are the, these are the, uh, 
we all know that the countermeasure here deals specifically with your injuries. And there are stipulations to it. It is not like the NVICP, which is the one that people are used to, that just anybody can get it. No. Uh, they're, not, they're not as rewarding as the NVICP. You got to show and prove demonstration. You're going to have to go through and have everything in line. They're more strict when trying to reward. And, you know, this website is available for you for that. So uh, let me see what else. I think that kind of takes them all out of there. And they go your boy Robert Kennedy again. And uh, this has been dealt with before. Um, he thinks that they're forcing people to take vaccines and all this old stuff. And Uncan already argued with him. He asked him what was his solution. And he said that he would uh, go get his kids sick, introduce measles to his kids. Just take it to him and put him in his kid's face. Before I move on, um, I do want to kind of look in the chat and deal with uh, Lucia's question. She was saying, didn't Trump, well, he accelerated Operation Warp Speed. Um, he gets credit for putting together Operation Warp Speed. Um, they put together a plan to accelerate what needed to be accelerated, but scientists, scientists helped something like Warp Speed work. It wasn't just, uh, you know, Trump did this. Now he will get credit under his administration for helping sign uh, Operation Wolf Speed in the law. But, uh, you know, those are the things that he, you know, he, he will award him with. But the scientists helped move it. If he was being more scientific in his administration, you know, that's what would happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you can say he threw our money at it. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. So what I wanted to deal with was something real quick that people aren't familiar with, um, and that is anaphylactics. So uh, there's a couple articles that I dropped in. I got it under part two with anaphylactics. And then I got something else I wanted to deal with regarding things. And while, uh, while we got y'all attention, let me get into... This article here. Common drugs that cause allergic reactions. Most people thinking that people are having these anaphylactic responses and uh, to vaccines are, like, are acting like they're not common. Okay. So what I want to do today is I just want to briefly go over a few articles with you about anaphylactic allergic reactions and other medications and drug uh, and, and, and stuff like that. So that you're aware of how common these reactions are among us. It's not just a vaccine causing a, an a allergic reaction or anaphylactic reaction. And we hear that the anaphylactic reaction has spawned some or introduced some things that has has potentially caused uh, the transition of a couple of people, uh, three specifically. So uh, allergies to drugs aren't all in com all that common. Only about 5% to 10% of adverse reactions to drugs are allergic, according to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. 
However, uh, when allergic reactions to drugs happen, they can sometimes be sudden and severe. But before we delve into common drugs that lead to allergy, it's important to clarify that terminology used to describe the untoward effects of drugs by nature. Allergies are immunological, whereas adverse effects are predictable symptoms or signs related to the mechanisms of the drug. Furthermore, intolerance is defined as a low threshold to adverse reactions that don't involve the immune system. For example, if nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea are defined as adverse reactions, then a person with drug intolerance would be more likely than others to experience these systems. Now that we're uh, capacitic with the, uh, <laughs> with the terminology, let's look toward the allergy a little further. All right, so here go comment. Here go five common pharmacological culprits of allergy. Allergy defined. An allergy is an IgE medi uh, mediated hypersensitivity in which the body overreacts and reacts to an allergen in a uh, reproducible fashion. It can be elicited by structural similarity compounds, including medication. Allergies may or may not uh, a bit over the course of a lifetime. Now, immediate type one uh, hypersensitivity reactions have rapid onset systems within one or two hours of exposure. All right. Now, um, delayed immune reactions with type uh, four hypersensitivity can take several days. Uh, manifesting include uh, macular, papular, or mobiliform rash. Take note that such rashes can be due to drug itself or exacerbated by an infection. For instance, rash perceived to be caused by amoxicillin allergy could manifest due to concurrent infections with the Epstein-Barr virus or HIV. More serious delayed immune responses include uh, septic meningitis, serum sickness, uh, Steve Johnson syndrome. You have antibiotics. Now, the most common antibiotic that elicits an uh, allergic reaction is penicillin. I'm not going to read all of that, but there it is. As detailed in a small case control study published in the Journal of Allergy Clinical Immunology, researchers found a, a multivariable analysis that only family history of penicillin allergy remained contributory to penicillin allergy. Uh, regarding more serious delayed or hypersensitivity reactions, cephalosporins, uh, uh, particular sulfocular or uh, sulfonomids, y'all can correct me, can result in serum sicknesses. All right. Now, antibiotic uh, allergy most commonly occurs in adults between 20 and 49. Um, so I'm not going to get too much further into that. You got the, the NSAIDs, which is aspirins or uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, um, including ibuprofen. Naproxen can lead to allergic reactions. Symptoms include highs, itching, swelling, nasal congestion, wheezing, shortness of breath, and feeling faint, passing out. Then you have the sulfur drugs. Although poorly defined, sulfur drug allergies is commonly reported. Between three to six percent patients report adverse reactions, but it's uh, but with only a small number that are immune medic uh, mediated. And then you have the uh, neuromuscular blocking agents, including a trichocurum. Uh, oh boy, this is a good one. Succular cholene, yeah, I said it right. And uh, for coronarium, chill it, uh, pronounce it. Now, 
these are some and then you have the monoclonal antibodies such as uh, zextamab rextumab and uh, those are the foundation of a few other therapeutics and inflammatory diseases and those are there's a study again in the uh, 2018 article regarding that so there's a host of common drugs that cause allergic reactions okay uh let me get here so to bag that up i went to the american academy of allergy asthma and immunology um to deal with medications and drug allergic reactions uh to help uh bag that claim up because you'll find something very interesting here when you have allergic reactions Allergy symptoms are the result of a chain reaction that starts in the immune system. Your immune system controls how your body defends itself. For instance, if you have an allergic or particular medication, your immune system identifies that drug as an invader or allergen. Your immune system may react to medications in several ways. One type of immune reaction is due to production of antibodies called uh, immunoglobin specific to a drug. Um, these antibodies travel to the cell that release chemicals triggering an immediate uh, allergic reaction. This reaction causes symptoms in the nose, lung, throat, sinuses, ears, lining of the stomach or on the skin and usually occurs within minutes to a few hours of taking a drug. The most common immune response to a drug is due to expansion of T cells and, and the type of white cells that recognize the drug as foreign. The T cells orchestrate delayed immune responses that most often affect the skin, causing itches, rashes, occurs days or weeks after the drug. Now, skip the second part, I'm gonna get directly into this. The most severe form of immediate, uh, immediate allergic reactions is anaphylactics. Uh, symptoms of anaphylactics includes hives, facial or throat swelling, wheezing, lightheadedness, vomiting, and sh uh, shock. It says most anaphylactic reactions occur within one hour of taking medication or receiving an injection of the medic medication. Remember, they were allowing people to be vaccinated and then released 15 minutes or 30 minutes after vaccination. In most cases, they are uh, subject to one hour here is what this is saying. So maybe we need to extend the um, watch time after vaccination. Instead of it being 15 minutes or 30 minutes, we need to expand it to 30 minutes uh, for those who ha have no history of anaphylactic response and one hour to those who may because i believe it could have been shortly after an hour that the sister um the transition uh you know she it was about an hour so right after and then i think the other one was also around that time maybe two however i'm just saying we need to increase the uh the watch for that before we release them now sometimes the reaction may start several hours later and we've seen that with the with the vaccine. We've had three examples of uh, after vaccination, something occurs. Something's going to occur for some people who have a history of anaphylactic response. And they say anaphylactic can cause can result in the death. So it's important to seek immediate medical attention in your experience with these symptoms. Now, why am I saying this about the vaccine? is because you can have an anaphylactic response from all the common medications that you can buy over the counter. It's not just a vaccine. That's the reason why I went with the common drugs that cause allergic reactions. It's a reason for that.
because they cause an anaphylactic response in those. You have food allergens. Your food allergens can kill you. People have peanut allergies. My brother can't even eat peanuts. He can swell up in the throat and ain't no telling what can happen to my brother. So should we get rid of peanuts? And other foods that cause Yo. Yeah, what up? Yeah, yeah, get rid of them peanuts, yo. Matter of fact, Sue Kroger, they got peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, we can't be this smart, yo. I never thought I was that smart, yo. It's no way that that people can't just read and understand that, yo. It's no way. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure this out, man. Like the shit you spitting is so simple. Allergies. This is what this is. This is what causes this. Just because you have people have peanut allergies don't mean that peanuts themselves are dangerous. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, cut it, the mother flowers out. And they use it at? Yeah, man, that's, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe we read this shit all the time. I don't know. I don't know, bro. Mm -hmm. No, man. But go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. So in the chat, I left y'all a link for a PDF that deals with anaphylactic campaign. This is to help you with drug allergies, and it deals with the facts. And it, it tells you what is a drug allergy, and it, it properly defines it as such. There's more than one type of drug allergy. But the fact sheet focuses primarily on those rapidly occurring allergic reactions that causes uh, uticaria or also known as hives or uh, needle rash, right? And going on and moving there after a few hours of, uh, you know, vaccination or, or taking the medication. So uh, the whole emphasis is to help us become more familiar with anaphylactic responses, right? supporting people at risk of severe allergies that's just, this is the whole thing is to make sure that we are giving you the right information so that you know exactly what an anaphylactic response is or just what you know your uh grade if you did it on a scale of one to ten if you got like a three or four on an allergic response to something versus a nine or ten but they all should should be taken care of with proper precaution right so they deal with infection. They deal with the side effects of drugs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you get into the nuances of understanding more about anaphylactic responses and and uh, just the whole thing with these drugs altogether. And you know, you had uh, you had tons of uh, allergic reactions from vaccines. You know what I'm saying? You had tons of them. You know, people were reacted, you know, was uh, allergic to like eggs or whatnot or all this other stuff. They do all certain things. Science has changed the way that they uh, create certain vaccines so that it didn't have certain uh, ingredients in them that would trigger an allergic reaction or anaphylactic response. So, you know, even your, comp you know, penicillins. 
You know what I'm saying? Can cause certain things. Like this is this is it. So this fact sheet, I left it like I said in the description of the video, so that you can build on that and you can know more. Uh, it's one more, and I'm gonna transition into really what I wanted to get into. It's a good point, Sean. It's a good, clear point you made. So basically, are they telling us don't ever take any medicines because it's always based off of risk reward? So, like I say, if 128 people actually died from taking the COVID-19 vaccine, the risk-reward would still be there. 8,000 people died last month, bro. 8,000. So, out of 8,000 people that died without a vaccine, if you told me 128 people died in a month from a vaccine, then we'd be up. Mm -hmm. All the way up. So you stay. So think about your chances as a human being living. You stand a better chance of living in the middle of a pandemic with a vaccine. So if your so if your thing is about living, then you would roll the dice on the thing that gives you the most chance to live. How is it that people can convince you otherwise? That will actually make you fear. The very thing that can stop the virus, mm -hmm. right? Then actually fearing the virus itself. It's something wrong, man. It's something wrong. It, it's just, it, it, it's, it's part of your education. And education goes to your social economic status. It depends on where you, where exactly do you place education at? You know what I'm saying? It's a lot going on there. And then our, our our ability to allow people to constantly pull on our heartstrings. We're in a very, very curious situation. We have a history in North America. Slavery, Jim Crow. Oh, you know what I'm saying? The civil rights movement. Like, it's a problem. And people tug on that. And so they, they gather around and they play with our slavery. And they play with our, uh, um, what, do you, what do I want to say? The civil rights movements. They play with us wanting to fight. You know what I'm saying? Against oppression. They stand on the outskirts of that. And they use it against us. It's when you really sometimes I you know what Sean, I actually think that we're too close to the situation. Because when you stand back off the situation, you can see it. You can see, you can see what certain groups was doing to us. So if you promote anti-science, right? What are you really doing to this community? So let's take a nation of Islam ran, let's say they really reached being a nation and decided to leave and go to Africa. See, this is how you test this out. On some very, very, very common sense stuff. So if you, so if the nation of Islam left and had 300,000 acres of land, what could they do with it? Anti-science, don't trust the white people. They would have to reinvent everything. It just wouldn't happen. The disease would ravage them. No white man, there's no white man, they'd be stuck. 
in grass huts some damn way. Not making fun of grass huts, but I'm saying the grass huts, you know what I'm saying, is is at the, you know what I mean, like the front of building, like, the, you know what I mean, like, like you don't build an Empire State building. You know what I'm saying? You start with the building materials in your area. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and you build, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like a hut. You start with that. Okay. That, that's so so we be they they actually were moving us back in time, dude. Like it's it's incredible. There are there are little things that we can look at and say, man, that that that's not making sense. That's just not making sense. Like, you know, like the resources and tools we give people, like, you, you're not making this up, Sean. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, bro. Like, you're saying, well, here's the material. You be the judge. Yeah, man, it's just, it's kind of heartbreaking, yo. It's heartbreaking. Like, I'm the police. I'm an official agent, dog. <laughs> <laughs> what's 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 a maxwell smart i'm gonna start being maxwell smart fuck it i'm maxwell smart y'all call me agent 98 well what was it what was it what was this number yo was it agent 98 Man, i don't know who it was <laughs> yo you did your agent i'm an agent i just want you to know that dog i just want you to know that because you're teaching scientific literacy because you're going over the material Oh man, yeah, yeah, bro. But yeah, we need this class, yo. I'm sitting here enjoying this class, bro. And I can't see why other people can't see it. Like, come on, man. How, how they took that lady? <laughs> how they take that lady stuff like that, man, to do that, yo? Mm -hmm. They really took that lady. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Go ahead, man. I know they ain't take that lady stuff. I'm gonna talk about that for an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, they did. They're trying to insinuate something else. Like, well, I guess what she was saying was life-threatening and wrong, or, or something like that. And that wasn't the case at all with this lady. She she was properly educating people, and she's you know what I'm saying. She earned a keep, and she did it in the time span when most people can't even fathom. She's only 34. So they was trying. No, they <laughs> based off what you was reading, they was twisting what she was saying. Yeah, of course they always do that. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Can't trust trust what that lady say. It wasn't just her. They was Sanjay Gupta too. Huh? They did. They did what? Sanjay Gupta. They took her too. Him, him, yeah. He, he, uh, he in where he, he in Atlanta. Hey man. Yeah, bro. That's that's crazy, man. Right yeah. Look, I'm going to get off him, man. This is crazy, man. How long are you going? I'm about to end. I'm about to say, yo, you didn't did enough. You did enough damage. <laughs> and I like the way you just played. Like the shit was clear, yo. Yeah, we gotta get the we gotta get the channel up, dog. Yeah, we had to need to do it the regular. I know what to do. Yeah, ain't tripping. <laughs> They was trying to make me feel bad about banging on the nation of Islam. Now you got me hyped again. They tripping. <laughs> they took that black lady words like that, yo. They bugging. Not on my watch, dude. Yeah. Gotta do it. Gotta get them. They took that black lady words on Twisted, yo. On purpose. I don't appreciate that, yo.
Nope, I appreciate that. But go ahead, Sean. I'm out of here, though, man. Appreciate appreciate you having me come through, man. Appreciate the seriousness at which you present the information, man. And I wait for them damn books to come through the mail, bro. Well, yeah, you should get them, Sean. So. All, right. All, All right. right. Peace. Peace. All right. So, uh, really, man, the, the whole uh, end game of this is anaphylactics. Right. We need to understand what is anaphylactics and what causes an anaphylactic response. If you have a history of anaphylactic responses to any medication or vaccination that you've had in the past, you need to seek advice from your doctor before receiving the COVID-19 vaccine or any medication, period. Right. So. Uh, we know what's going on now. We have an anaphylactic response from everything it's not a vaccine everything anything that causes an uh an, an allergic response everything all right so i wanted to uh go directly to the source here i have an article over in france that backs this up but um there's an article circulating that we talked about before on the pseudo killers i think i mentioned it or brought it up it's on an open access written by a doctor a credentialed doctor uh you know he published it in the open access journal and um you haven't really heard any responses from it it's a 90 something page pdf 100 might be 100 but it's a pdf that he actually published in that journal and he talked about it uh that the covid 19 uh was created in the lab and he was 98% certain and 2% uh, acceptable of it may be coming out of a lab. Well, the global research team innovation and forum mobilized international action in response to uh, novel COVID-19 emergency. Um, the forum to be held uh, February 11th through 12th in Geneva is an organization of collab uh, global research collaboration for infectious disease preparedness and brings together key players, including leading scientists, as well as public health agency ministers, uh, ministries of health and research funders pursuing uh, uh, 2019 in code. They said it backwards, critical research in the development of vaccines, therapeutics, diagnostics, and otherwise. Uh, you can download the draft agenda, but I actually did not do that. However, on the topic, boom. Uh, identifying animal origin of coronavirus, a work in progress, says WHO mission to Wuhan. All right. So um, this is issued on the 9th of February, 2021 uh, by France 24. And as you can see here, for more clarity, in case you couldn't peep the, the <laughs> you couldn't peep the way that they read out the dates. February 9th, 2021. That was, yeah, this other day, right? Okay, so the WHO uh, mission to China to uncover the origins of the coronavirus failed to identify the source of a pandemic which is swept across the world, but the team Tuesday ruled out the Wuhan lab leak theory propagated by Donald Trump. Okay, um, experts believe the disease, which has killed more than 2.3 million people worldwide, originated in bats and could have been transmitted to humans via another mammal. Who foreign experts Peter uh, Ben Embark said identifying the animal pathway remains a work in progress, adding the absence of bats in the Wuhan area dimmed 
the likelihood of direct transmission. It was most likely to have come from an intermediary species, they said, before backing up China's position that there were no evidence of large outbreaks in Wuhan before December when the first official case had been recorded. Okay, so not to get too long-winded on that, you know, both articles are actually in the chat regarding the whole Wuhan experience and the WHO speaking out against it being created in a lab. They're ruling that out, all right? They know it's zoonotic. They know it didn't centralize in Wuhan. It comes from outside of Wuhan into Wuhan. Um, they have been having many conversations about that route, right? And um, they are totally against Wuhan being the uh, epicenter. They're calling Wuhan the super spreader. Wuhan is the super spreader. Um, however, I don't want to, you know, pretty much get into all of that. The WHO is still doing their um, investigations. But I just wanted to update people on that because of that article that did go out. And um, we should just be prepared for more information regarding that. There's some other detailed information that will be uh, discussed later regarding um, COVID-19. Uh, peace to everybody that just showed up <coughs> or who have already been here. Uh, it's in the um, bias. All the sources are in the description of the video. All you got to do is click on the YouTube video. And uh, let me demonstrate. And I'm, I made sure that you load it. <laughs> yeah, the who, the who came out immediately and started to throw, yeah, Monkey Rich and that whole article that that, that uh, doctor wrote, they were, they were totally against that altogether. So, all right, I'm on mute. All right, so, yeah, uh, I got you right there. I got you right here. I'm biased. Everything that we talked about today, I got right here. It's in the description of the video. So you can grab anything that you need to grab out of there, man. All the sources are always going to be in the description of the video. Also, you know, everything that we got going on, you kind of deal with it from that perspective. And uh, that's how we rocking with that. So, yeah, you got all the all of that right there in that video. Um. I hope y'all got to catch Dr. Maad's naming ceremony. That was a big deal for Dr. Maad. And also our community is African-Americans. We should be fully behind the support of what happened and what transpired. That was uh, that was epic. That was, that was groundbreaking uh, to see her go through the rituals and the traditions of the Cameroon. And also know that uh, she returns home, I think, at the end of this week. And next week, we will be on Dr. Ma's show Friday night. Uh, we will be having a discussion with an herbalist. Uh, well, I will be having a discussion with an herbalist on her platform. So we want to make sure that next Friday that we support uh, that conversation. Um, there's three research questions that have been posed. I am prepared to... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I am prepared to demonstrate uh, for um, my side of the actual argument uh, on Dr. Ma'at's channel. Uh, we are, we're going to have that conversation and uh, it's going to be very educational. So, you know, um, it's not going to be a debate. It's not that. Uh, I am prepared. I'm not going to tell you how prepared I am. Um, I might be overly prepared, but, you know, I had to do certain things in case I needed to do certain things. But, yeah, we're going to have some we're going to have some uh, some time, like 10 minutes apiece on each research question. And uh, we'll argue our sides. And then at the end of the day, um, we're going to let you come to an honest conclusion on a solution for yourself. Um, and that's how we're going to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snap. Facts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, man. So, man, God, civilization. Yeah. Um, and on that note, man, y'all already know how we rock, man. I appreciate everybody, man, showing up this evening. I know it's kind of impromptu. Nobody was on game. But, you know, uh, make sure you continue to support the families and all of our works. Log in to KofiPaisaTV.com and get Spears of the Mossy Volume 1 by Kofi Paisai Research Team from Spears the Pen Volume 2 by Kofi Paisai Research Team, Spiritual Combat Volume 3 by Kofi Paisai Research Team, One Night Before Bed by Any Haret Shun Kalfani, Kalawash Trip to the Motherland by Kofi Paisai. From cocaine to consciousness by any heret Sean Cal funny as I learned we all learn by Kofi Paisai. Also, if you want fresh merch, go to our online store, Family Connect Apparel, and get all the brands. Also, get our 54 deck of quiz and educational course available now on KofiPaisaTV.com. <laughs>